Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have it, to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, 20 takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He uh He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me, made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Well, welcome back to another episode of On Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and in today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, the founder of Goalie Training Pro, Maria Mountain. Maria specializes in training hockey in training hockey goaltenders and helping them win more games and have less injuries throughout the course of their career. Along with finding Goalie Training Pro, she has also created a ton of programs for goaltenders, such as the Shutout Academy, Butterfly Challenge, Game Winning Goalie Formula and many other successful programs to help goaltenders get to that next level. So I've been really looking forward to this episode. So welcome to the show, Maria Mousen. Thanks so much. Nice to chat with you today. Yeah, absolutely. You too. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming. I know we, ha we had this planned like a month ago, but something came up with me. So we had to reschedule, but glad to get you on. But to start things off, like, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, life is good. Yeah, that that's great. But uh, to start things off with the with the show, can you give our viewers a little background information on yourself? Like, what made you become an exercise physiologist, and what made you have a passion for helping goaltenders succeed, and along with helping them get less injuries along the way? Uh, yeah, I'll give you the the super short version. So uh, I got into sort of studying physiology, exercise physiology, because I really liked sports as a kid you know so uh in high school you know I was the kid that yeah like we would hang out in the phys ed office and you know really really liked our phys ed teachers so when it came time to choose what we wanted to do at university it was an easy pick so back in the day it was all it was pretty much all called phys ed uh we didn't have kinesiology or those things yet but um and then when I finished my undergraduate I worked for a few years as a as a trainer and um, then I just wanted to learn more, you know, I wanted more answers to the questions, how does the human body work, how do we improve performance specifically and, and at the time, um, 
like even personal training wasn't a thing, you know? So I remember taught, there's a big fitness chain in Canada, um, called good life. And I remember thinking, well, I'll get a job there and I'll like work my way up, you know? And, and so I interviewed with the manager and I said, you know, I'm really interested. Like, I think it'd be cool if say someone came to the club and they played tennis, like if we gave them exercises that would help them play tennis, like that would be really like, wow, what a cool idea I had. And, um, you know, she kind of said like, that's really nice and everything, but like our job is selling memberships. Like, like that's like what we do, you know? And so, um, so like pretty much the next day I went and applied to do my master's degree, uh, in, in a studied sort of my subfield was for medicine, but, um, and then through, so I learned a lot more about how the human body works. And then through that, uh, my research, my thesis research, I did it at a sport medicine clinic. And after graduation, I got hired on as the exercise specialist in the physiotherapy department. So that's where I really got to just play. Like it was like a, yeah, it was like a sandbox for me all day long, playing with athletes and all the varsity athletes from the university would, with injuries would come there. And um, so that, so I found that when we work the small muscles out, so we sort of work inside out, you know, so we've got big muscles on the outside, but if we peel away those big muscles, there's little muscles underneath. And if we start from the outside in the big muscles in, that's often how people get injured. Uh, When we start with the small muscles out, that's how we really improve performance and make athletes more durable. So that's where that piece of the puzzle came in. And then Working with goalies, it's, again, I'm old enough that when I was a kid, girls didn't play hockey, and it just was like, it wasn't a thing. Like, even as a really active little girl, I didn't think like, oh, I should play hockey. (laughs) Like, we played road hockey, but never structured uh, hockey for girls. So I was always the goalie in road hockey. I loved the position. So when I started, uh, you know, I built a a really strong reputation for training hockey players. and when I got the opportunity to work with more goalies, I sort of made a conscious decision. I don't know, 10, 10 or more years ago that was like, you know what, I really, this is the sandbox I want to play in for the rest of my career. I really only want to hang out with goalies now. <laughs> so that's yeah. a very long, uh, long answer. But um, yeah, that sort of spans probably, you know, 30, more than 30 years of my life. So. Yeah, I, I love that. And there's some there's something about goalies that like attracts everyone to and like it's it's just a lot of fun to play. It's it's taxing on the body and everything with every with like especially like the RVH and like how your hips aren't supposed to go like they do in the butterfly, but it something something about it brings brings it brings everyone to the position of goaltending. Yeah, it's pretty it's it is pretty cool. And I think it either attracts people or repels people, uh, you know, and I and I do think I do think there is something um, genetic that that draws certain types of people to goaltending, because it's funny because I'll, I'll talk I've been doing some research, like just market research, talking to all sorts of different goalies. Um, and I probably talked to now about 75, maybe. And like some, I'll talk to some adults that are like 35 and they'll be like, I never played hockey in my life, but I just like, I really wanted to be a goalie. You know, it's like, okay, well, like, like that's, that's gotta come from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But like going into like your studies and everything, like how did you get like, 
and you know, like the deep detail of like just working in inside of inside to outside compared to like going outside to inside and just being able to just work your way like get research do a ton of research get like personal experiences from people and just be able to work on that and like work up your thesis yeah and it really like it was that time working at the fowler kennedy sport medicine clinic at western because yeah it was just a playground so it was really cool actually jack because um people would come in and they would have an injury so let's say like we had a lot of like we had a very good football team and there's like a million football players so yeah. any any given monday there's like seven new football guys that have done something to various parts of their body and you know they they need to be back and yeah. so obviously we can't take a guy that's dislocated his shoulder on Saturday and start like, well, we're going to get your bench. You know, it's, so it's like, okay, well, let's work on scapular stabilization. Let's work on control. Let's work on your rotator cuff. Let's work on your proprioception so that when somebody grabs your arm, you know, you have some, like your brain knows a little bit how to protect itself. And, you know, and the same would go for, for the knee, like, okay, we're not going to start doing heavy lifting, but we need to work on your stability and your reactivity and your impulse. And, and, you know, with those guys and girls, it's like, as soon as you're okay, you're okay enough, you're back yeah. in the sport. Like, so it was a really, it, so it was a really good lab like that. And it was cool because those athletes would come back and be like, okay, you know, maybe they'd had three weeks off their regular training and practicing and everything. They'd come back and they'd be like, I actually felt way better than I did before this injury. And, um, you know, so that was like, a, oh, okay, we're on to something. And, and then like, so a really, like a really simple example is one of the things that athletes don't appreciate until they appreciate it is we can really only use the force that we can stabilize. So here, the perfect example and what like an aha moment for me was we'd get these football players who could bench, you know, outrageous amounts of weight. You ask any football player, how much do you bench? And they'd love to tell you, I can bench, you know, 375 pounds for however many reps. But we would get them to do a push up with their hands on a stability ball. You know, so just like I sit on, <laughs> so like, you know, just like put your hands on stability ball and do, and we'll do a push-up. Yeah. And so I'd always ask them, you know, how much do you bench? They tell me how much do you bench? Okay, well, we're just gonna do a push-up on this stability ball. So it actually should be easier because you're on an incline, you know, it's less, less load even than a normal push-up. But as soon as their elbows, you know, would break, you'd think the ball like had batteries and, you know, jumped to life because they had no stability. And so you ask that athlete, okay, so what prepares you better to do what you need to do on the field bench press or this and they get it it's like that that's yeah. what i need so and it's the same for golden it's not yes you have to be strong but if you don't have the stability in your hips or your torso or whatever you can't use that force functionally yeah i i really like what you said there because it you could definitely tell like especially like from probably probably from your standpoint like when you like look at goaltenders like you could tell probably from like what their hips are like if they're stable or not and just doing those tests like you said 
quality and like stability is super important as, as well as like body control like those are some of the most important parts to uh, like especially to goaltending and like stabilizing those hips like having good body control in your movements like what makes those so important just being able to just stabilize your hips and like have them have them function to be doing the movements uh, that you need that you need to do as a goaltender efficiently yeah yeah exactly and you're right like efficiently is the key word like because not only is it is it better for your movement but it's less wear and tear so you know sometimes people think like oh yeah maria is really good for like and she's really about injury prevention well yeah because that's good training actually like a good training program is delivers injury prevention while it's delivering improved performance yeah absolutely so i want to I get into like warm-ups a little bit here because like as a goaltender like you need to warm up especially you need to warm up every part of your body to help yourself be efficient and succeed in in your game but like how what how important is having like a, a correct and like a good pre-game warm-up and post-game warm-up as post-game like stretch as well to to help yourself get ready for the game and then help yourself settle down after the game yeah they're hugely important ingredients and and it's it really shouldn't just be before and after a game. It should be, you know, before and after every ice session. Um, and it doesn't have to be long. And you know, I, th I think sometimes to, like sometimes in the regular media, things that are outliers, that's kind of, well, this is different. So let's talk about it, you know? And, and so I can't remember, maybe it was Devin Levi at the world junior championships last year. Like there was a thing like he has a four hour pregame routine. And so then like, you know, I would be talking to young goalies. You'd be like, and I'm working on my four hour pregame routine and I sing Kumbaya and then I do the, you know, and it's like, Oh, like, okay, no, like it should be like 15 minutes. And, and, um, but yeah, like a little bit of self-myofascial release. So like lacrosse ball, foam roll, something like that. Um, you can do some static stretches. So there's, you know, people sometimes take a nugget of research too. And there was a research study that showed holding a static stretch decreases peak power output. Um, it was a pretty small drop for what we would use on the ice. Like if I was an Olympic uh, weightlifter, okay, maybe I would be like, yeah, maybe I'm not going to static stretch. But for what what the types of forces we use, it's probably, it wouldn't make that much difference. But also, subsequent research showed that once you then did a dynamic warm-up, it sort of negated that loss. So, it, so it's really like a non-starter. But you can do some static stretching and then dynamic, you know, a dynamic warm-up. And then usually like maybe a little bit of hand-eye, but like simple thing, like stuff where it's going to be more like just confidence, you know, seeing the puck, um, that kind of thing. But it's, yeah, it's, it's super important for your, to get your body ready and even to get sort of your energy system primed a little bit so that you're ready to go when you step on the ice. Um, okay. I lost my train of thought because there was another point there, but I've, it's gone. Oh yeah, I know what I was going to say, but also because if you do the same warm up all the time, and I think you should do the same warm up all the time, then you know, like, oh this, oh that left hamstring's a little bit tight compared to what it normally is, uh, and then you know, okay, maybe I need to give that a little extra attention and and uh, get it feeling the way I know yeah. it normally feels like. So, so that's the pregame or the pre skate. 
post-skate is just more restorative. So, you know, our body's been through quite a bit. We don't want to get in and start like, and now I'm going to stretch. <laughs> you know, it's like, we just want to like, let things relax. It's like, hey, it's okay. You know, maybe do some gentle passive stretching. Um, it's a time when I'll use some techniques called Eldoa techniques that help sort of realign things. They, they include a lot of breathing. So that's good too for your nervous system to kind of help bring you back down to a resting state. And that's really what we're trying to do post-skate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that because like I do like the the lax ball before skates, like the dynamic warm-up and like you could definitely tell the difference in like the release that you're like, like you're when you do it, uh, do, rub the lacrosse ball on, on your feet, like you could tell that the calves, like everything releases from there and like once that releases from there, like everything just goes up the chain and like you feel, definitely feel a difference. And then, but like when you don't do it, like you could definitely feel like when you don't do it and like if you should do it a little bit more and then the dynamic warm up, like it gets you, gets you like in that energy state where you're able to just get on the ice and go and like have that, have that energy to go right from the get go. Yeah, that's exactly it. And like some people say, oh, like feeling like it takes me like, you know, like, six minutes to really get into the game it's like yeah because your body has no idea what like what you're going to do and you don't have the energy substrates that you need and you're you know it takes your body a while to catch up whereas if you do that nice dynamic warm-up okay now i'm just getting my heart rate up a little bit i'm telling my body hey like maybe dump a little more energy into my bloodstream right now because i'm going to need it and so there isn't sort of that dip and then recovery it's just like you said just get on the ice and go yeah, and then with the with the hand, I just throw the ball against the wall a few times, like juggle if you have to, but like, what you don't want to get the eye, the eyes too tired before before you even step on the ice. Yeah, and you don't want to try like some crazy new drill where like you're missing it, <laughs> and then then it kind of messes with your brain. So it's just yeah, like just a few. Okay, yeah, I'm seeing it good. Here we go. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to you don't want to mess anything up from there, but uh. And then you get in, get into the game. Like what, ha what have you noticed from like the goaltenders, like you've trained and you've been, you've been looking around with and just being able to just see how they do during the game and just go from there and see what makes them successful. I watch a game kind of more like a mom, like, you know, when, like, like when it's a goalie that I, that I know, you know, it's just, I'm just nervous. I want them to do well. Um, but I think my observations, um, you know, what makes them do well is once they, once we build speed so that they are beating the pass. So this is funny. I was talking to a goalie in the turning pro coaching program. Yes. Just yesterday about it. When they get that speed that they never had before so that they are beating the pass so that they're in the right spot before they, the split second that they need to be there. It's really hard for them to just learn to I just need to stand here now like I just you know we always talk about goalies with good patience but that's it's hard because you're used to like I should be doing something <laughs> you know I shouldn't just stand here and wait for the shot so it's hard to learn that and then I think the other is sometimes it's really hard to break those habits that made a goalie successful as a youngster so goalies who are very, and a lot of young people are really mobile, but goalies who are, who can do split saves when they're, you know, 12 years old and everybody loves it, right? They get tons of positive like reinforcement and oh my gosh, that was the best. But 
the higher level you go, um, not that it isn't a, a good tool to have if you have yeah. it, it's okay, but it shouldn't be sort of a regular save selection and teams and coaches don't really want to see you doing that at a high, at a high level. So then I think that's a part of it too, is learning to get out of some of those habits that you are success that could, you could be successful, you know, when you were younger or as a teenager, but they, those aren't the habits that are going to take you to the promised land as it were <laughs> yeah absolutely it's like what are some of those good habits that goalies should try to get themselves into when trying to get up to that next level yeah I think it is just like play and it, this is more of a question for their goalie coach to answer but I think it is like trusting your speed um trusting your depth um you know play yeah playing with more patience yeah, absolutely. It's like, what are some of the best exercises to work on your footwork, your speed, and just be able to beat that pass, be standing up and staying patient on your feet? It's a, it's a good question because it isn't necessarily an exercise. You know, it's like, um, well, what's the best ingredient to put in spaghetti sauce? It's like, well, oh, like you need the, all these ingredients. Yeah, <laughs> like again, just everything you need to make it. Yeah, like exactly. Like you can't just be like, well, I guess tomatoes. So okay, like so here, I'll give you tomatoes. Like there, there's spaghetti sauce. It's like, okay, well, it's not. So it's really the same thing with speed and agility and those kinds of things. It's okay, first of all, can I move? So if I can't move, you know, that's the tomatoes, I guess. If I don't have tomatoes, can't make tomato sauce. But can I move? And do I have control in those movements? But then the next piece of the puzzle is building functional strength. So the, the easiest way to improve an athlete's speed is to improve their strength. So speed is force times distance over time. So mathematically, it's force times distance divided by time. Um, the time it takes to apply a force varies. And it varies depending a little bit on what muscle group we're using. What is that? Is that a slow twitch or a fast twitch muscle group? It varies a little bit based on our genetic makeup. Am I a fast twitch animal or more predominantly slow twitch animal? So for example, I'm a slow twitch animal. Um, I can run forever, but I'm not very fast. I can get faster, but I can never train myself to be an elite sprinter. It, that just yeah. won't happen. But I can make myself stronger quite a bit and apply that force over the same amount of time and learn to get a little bit faster too. Um, and that's going to make me more explosive and quicker on the ice. So the next is functional strength. So strength that we can use on the ice, not just big dumb muscles. And then, and then speed, I look at speed as a skill. So I don't train speed. I teach speed and it really matters, um, you know, how I'm using my muscles and how I'm using my body efficiently. And we take the time to teach that. So when goalies do speed workouts in my programs, I have to make sure I explain to them ahead of time. If this is hard, you're doing it wrong. We have stamina workouts for that <laughs> that are hard, but um, I think too many people feel like all training should be hard and, you know, their speed sessions and even team speed sessions will be like, oh yeah, that was really tough. Okay. Well, if it was tough and there was fatigue involved, 
you're not actually getting faster. Yeah. And you're not, you're not getting anything out of it when you're, when you're fatigued and you're, cause then the next year, the next reps aren't going to be as good as your other reps. And then it's just going to decrease from there. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, okay, well now it's turned into a stamina session, which if, if you want to, if you're trying to train stamina, that's totally fine. You can still use speed movements to train stamina if that's your goal. And, and it's important to learn, uh, you know, how to move, with control when you're fatigued but if you're trying to increase your speed yeah it ha- it can't there can't be fatigue yeah absolutely and like i think everything you've been saying like efficiency like that's a that's a key word because if you're not doing it efficiently like you're gonna you're doing it wrong you're gonna end up hurting yourself somewhere whereas you're doing it efficiently that's where you really get stronger and like and decrease the risk of you getting injured throughout the season yeah. And you, you just, you know, you've got a reserve tank then like if you, if everything you do, you know, if, if I have to go from here to here in this much time takes 90% of my energy or, you know, or my capacity, I'm going to be tired. But so at the end of the yeah. game, I'm not going to have that. So if I can teach myself to go from here to here, just as fast using 75% so that I still have gas in the tank, you know, that's, that's a big benefit. It's those little, you know, it's those little teeny bits all added up that help you keep that speed and power through, through the whole game. Yeah, absolutely. So like when you're looking at goaltenders and like, what, what's like the most common injury that you see that you try to reduce from, from them getting injured there again? Um, I mean, obviously there, there are quite a few groin strains, Um, And I think, I think a lot of those can be, can be prevented. Now, sometimes just things happen. Um, So that's one, I think the, but I think one of the biggest things I, I have to reinforce is, is that not, yeah, not everybody's hips are designed to be a goalie. And so, you know, like I'll, I'll meet guys or like guys I work with online or girls I work with online, they'll say like, Oh, I tweaked my groin again. Oh, well, what, like, what did you do? Oh, like nothing really, but I tweaked my groin again. And, you know, and then they go to rehab. Yeah. The, you know, physio said I tweaked my groin and, you know, and then they go, I tweaked my groin again and I wasn't really doing anything. And, you know, it's like, okay, this isn't a groin tweak. Um, And so making them aware that, yeah, like hip impingement is a thing. Like FAI is a thing. And a lot of times these goalies that are always tweaking their groin without really doing like, if it's like, yeah, and I did a big split save and then I reached and like poing, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> like, yeah, you throw your groin. But I think a lot of those little groin tweaks that like, oh, but then it felt better. Oh, then I did it again. Oh, then if, I think that that's sort of a hip impingement saying like, hello, like I, you know, bones are smashing into each other. And, and that's, what's kind of giving you that, that feeling. Um, I think a lot of goalies are really scared of the word hip impingement. And so they want to bury their head in the sand when they have hip pain. Uh, whereas it's better to know, oh, okay, I've got some FAI. That's why I, I can't get into this position, or that's why I feel hip pain every time I try to get into that position so I need to find a different way to do that I need to stay out of that position as much as I can to to reduce that wear and tear 
Yeah. So like for those that don't know, like what is hip, hip impingement? Like how are you able to just get away from that? Or is it just, uh, just simply just staying out of that position as much as you can? So hip impingement is, so basically like, not everybody's hip and socket is a perfect, uh, you know, is a perfect match. So, you know, some people's femur is a little bit rotated this way or that way, or the, or the hip socket might be a little bit open or a little bit closed. Some goalies are predisposed to, you know, having a little more internal rotation, which is good if you're a goalie or some are predisposed though to, you know, having a little more external rotation, which is less than ideal. What happens over time, if, if we are constantly, you know, let's say the front of my hip socket's a little bit closed, but I'm constantly trying to get into that butterfly position so that my femur is sort of running into the front of my socket in my hip joint. Well, it's the same thing that happens if I go out in the garden and start shoveling and something's, you know, constantly sort of rubbing on my hand, I'm going to develop calluses. So and in my bones, it is a bony callus. So eventually you can appreciate how the joint space gets tighter and tighter and tighter till now I don't have to go as far and my bones are hitting each other. And then it gets really restrictive. So, um, you know, a big thing is to, to sort of identify, hey, this, this might be an impingement because, you know, and, and I can think of early, like early days too, when before we kind of knew what hip impingement was, guys that like, you know, would be trying to squat and they'd, you know, they'd get there and they'd be like, I just, and they'd be like, well, what do you feel? Why can't you, you know, get, it's like, I, I just can't, yeah. you know? And so we'd be trying to give them stretches and, you know, and all this stuff to help them squat deeper when it's really like, this guy's femur's running into the front of his socket. Like, so he's just like, that's how much he can squat and it's fine. Um, so yeah, I think that's, and even for coaches, you know, when, when a, like the RVH isn't comfortable, but at least you say like, well, where do you feel that? What does it feel like? And, you know, if they kind of say, well, I feel like a pinch in my hip, it's like, okay, well, maybe we should get that checked out. I, I, you know, I think goalies th- and a lot of athletes think that going to the physiotherapist is for when you're injured, but that's the same as if I was like, oh, well, I only go to the dentist when I have a toothache. Like, that's crazy. Like you wouldn't like, (laughs) like if your friend said that, like you'd think, oh my gosh, physical therapist should be like a dentist. Like we're going to go a couple times a year just to sort of, you know, get a checkup or, or if something doesn't quite feel right, I'm going to go find out why. And if the physiotherapist is like, yeah, this is nothing to worry about. It's good. Your joints in good shape. Awesome. Or if it's like, yeah, you got a little impingement sometimes too, like like around our, our synovial joints, we have a joint capsule, which is really restrictive. It's like a connective tissue sock, but it's quite uh, restrictive. Sometimes that can get tight and it can sort of pull your, your femur either like into the front or the back of the joint. So you're getting impingements, but it's just because your hip's a little jammed. So the physiotherapist can do some manual therapy, like free that up, get it moving. You feel like a million bucks and you're good to go. Yeah, absolutely. And just got to go like it's not it's not a bad thing to go because you want to get those things checked out and just make sure that everything's performing efficiently and you're able to just you're able to you're not you're able to know that nothing is like bothering you or impinging or or like 
getting getting stuck somewhere and just making sure that everything's working correctly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's best to look after things when they're little things than let them get to be big things. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanna, I wanna get in, I wanna transition a little bit into your programs here. So like, what do, what do you uh, look for when you're looking at, when you're creating these programs and like, what, like, what do you research when going into these programs and like, how do you like build it from like the, from scratch to start to scratch to finish? Well, it, it depends a little bit. It depends on who, who I'm designing the program for. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's cool. I was talking to um, Eric Gilbertson, who's the guy for Gil, from Gilby Designs, who does paints uh, goalie masks. And yeah, like, and so I'm asking like, how do you even know? Like, how do you know what color to do first? And like that, like, it's like, to me, it's unfathomable, but you know, that's his superpower. So, you know, I've been designing programs for athletes for more than 25 years. You know, I've been designing programs for goalies for more than 20 years. So it's, you know, it, it's sort of, but we all start from the basics. So, you know, if, if an NHL goalie came to me and I was going to work with him, it would be like, okay, can you move? Can you stabilize? Then we're going to build functional strength and I'm going to teach you to be more explosive. Uh, if a 16 year old double A goalie came to me, it would be like, okay, can you move? Can you stabilize? Do you have functional strength? <laughs> and then can I teach you how to be more explosive? So it really is like, okay, where, where is this goalie? And where do they need to go? When I design programs for like the game winning goalie formula, for example, which is a group, like an online group training program, um, you know, I, I have a good sense sort of, of where people are. And I've made a couple different levels in that program so that it's like, okay, are you here? And not to say better or worse, but it's just yeah. like, is this what you need or is this what you need? Um, and then, and then in those programs, there's like a, a private coaching group where like we can ask questions and sort of fine tune things so that everyone's getting what they need, but start yeah, at the bottom, work your way up. Yeah. That, that's how it goes. You know, work, go work from the bottom, work your way up. And it's a, it's a great feeling when you, when you know that you're working from bottom to top and just moving up the, moving up the level each and every time. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And like from just from personal use, like I've used some of your resources, like the the 14 day butterfly challenge to increase your, your butterfly flare and then like your YouTube videos, like it all like helps. It helps with like whether you do explosive stuff, stability, stamina, agility, like all like speed, like everything like you do notice a difference, like the next couple of times you go on the ice and like you you're either quicker, stronger, faster. And it just, I, I really enjoy like how like it, you can see the translate right, right away from when you're doing it. Yeah, it is pretty cool. And it, and it's fun because it, yeah, like, like it works, right? So it's yeah. like, it's when someone joins a program or I start working with someone, it's like, I know it's going to work. And, and so it's pretty exciting because I think goalies can't fathom the difference that it makes like they think oh yeah okay yeah like probably i'll be more flexible but you know once they actually feel like wow like i feel like i have a whole like a goalie said to me a couple of months ago like i feel like i have a completely different body now like like i'm out there in a race car like so it's pretty cool yeah it's all, all about doing the little things because if you talk to anyone like everyone's gonna say do the little things right and you're gonna see it translate and you're gonna see it change your game a lot yeah. And be consistent. That's, 
that's the biggest thing you know some goalies get hot and cold and you know uh they do it they don't do it it's just the, the ones that are just consistent they see the most success yeah absolutely i love that so i have a few more questions for you before we wrap things up here so uh, what's your what's your favorite program that you've produced so far and like what what makes it your favorite it's like asking my favorite child. Uh, I don't have any kids, so I guess my programs kind of are my children. You know what? The nostalgic winner is um, I did a program. It's probably like 10 years ago. It's called Rapid Response Goalie Training. It's maybe like might have been the first goalie training program I did, but it was meant to be sort of quick workouts you could do like at home. Um, for like goalies who are just super busy, it was like, okay, what's the essentially the minimum amount that I can do and still see results on the ice. And every year I go, I'll go in and review my programs and update them. And, you know, it's as you look at a program you did a million years ago, you think, oh gosh, that's, I don't do that anymore, you know, yeah. but that program, like I would look at it and be like, this is a good little program. Um, so even in the, and I haven't sold it for years. So don't, yeah. So if you actually, if you try to, if you search it and find it somewhere on the interwebs, don't buy it because <laughs> it's not for sale. But, um, but when I, uh, like, so in maybe eight months ago, I completely redesigned my program to, and I started that game winning goalie formula. So one of the levels in there is rapid response. It's, it's that essence. It's not the same workouts it's updated, but it's that mission critical. Like what's the least amount of work I can do, but still see really good results on the ice. So that would be my pick. Yeah, that, that, that's a good one for sure. So my next question for you is like, how, how do you build that or like, gain like explosiveness and then like build that explosive foundation well i think it is like you know that just following those steps you know mobility functional strength uh and then and then learn to be more explosive and not confuse explosive power with stamina training but i think i'll give you one little tidbit that, that gets missed a lot. If you think of your typical plyometrics, so plyometrics is one of the tools we use yeah. to build explosive strength. Well, almost all plyometrics is top down, right? You start from a standing position, you drop and jump, or you start on a box and you drop and jump or what, you know, there's some version, but it's like top down up. Yeah. But as a goaltender, uh, we need a lot of bottom-up power. We need a lot of power driving out of that butterfly. So like as a sort of beginner intermediate goalie myself, like I really feel it, you know, like I, okay, I'm not, I'm not great, but I'm not too bad on my feet. I'm pretty good getting into the butterfly, but if I have to drive out of my butterfly to my skates to get somewhere, it's like, you know it's, it's, a, it's a lot more difficult yeah and not so explosive so, and again it's because no one's ever taught you to do that you know no one's ever put your muscles in a position to learn how to be explosive in that way so why would we ever think that just magically because i can jump from my feet from a standing position that i'd be explosive coming out of that bottom up position so that's a big emphasis um that i work on is building max strength and power in that low position so that there isn't that big lag kind of coming out of it yeah absolutely and i think that's a that's a big tidbit because like you don't 
you don't train like that. Like you, you have to like learn, learn that from somewhere. Cause like you said, you, you're not just giving it, you don't just do it. Like you have to actually like know what you're doing and why you're doing it and like the position you're in and that you need that bottom up power and to, to get out of your butterfly and go somewhere and just to be able to be more explosive in that. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that, you know, and so the, the precursor to that is bottom up strength. Cause same thing. We look at like squats, you know, uh, single leg squats, you know, that's top down, not bottom up. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. And then my final question for you is like, if people want to get in contact with you, like where, where are they going to find you and like some of the resources that, that you, that can help them get to that next level? Um, probably the best place to find me is probably on Instagram. Uh, so I'm just at goalie training or for a, like a ton of free resources, uh, go to my YouTube channel, which is just goalie training pro TV on YouTube. I, what part of my mission is to, you know, help goalies anywhere in the world, uh, stop more plaques, whether, you know, whether they pay, buy one of my programs or not. So there's, yeah, like, I don't know, there's probably a thousand videos on there of, different you know exercise techniques and many programs yeah absolutely i'll i'll link all that in the description below but uh maria thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciate your time and i look forward to following your work the rest of the way my pleasure my pleasure to be along the journey it was great chatting with you today jack yeah you too